So have you guys ever wondered why someone who is terminally ill has a ton of bills thrown at them and a, just a really tough life, but has so much joy in God? If I asked most of you this, you'd probably respond as, just say, well, Jesus. And you're right, but I think it's just a little bit more than that. So we're going to unpack that uh, tonight with the story of Joseph in Genesis. Why a man who was thrown into a pit sold into slavery, falsely imprisoned, and forgotten, would eagerly follow God. So many of you in this room um, have siblings. Uh, my sister's actually here tonight. Um, if you don't have a sibling, that's okay. Just imagine you did or think of a best friend. Um, and I want you to imagine that one of your siblings continued to frustrate you and annoy you over and over again. Beyond that, your parents showed obvious favor to them, and they just had a life where it seemed so easy, and they just prospered. So what you decided to do was take a photo of your sibling and put them up on eBay. Now, I don't recommend you guys selling your siblings. That's my point. But that's kind of where the Joseph story starts, okay? So for your reference, the Joseph story starts in Genesis 37. So you see Joseph had uh, 10 older brothers and one younger. Joseph was the firstborn son to Jacob and Rachel and was by far his father's favorite. To the extent where his father gave him a really nice, colorful cloak, and even God blessed him with the ability to uh, interpret dreams. See, Joseph knew that his father was his favorite, and he really rode that wave around his brothers. Those of you who have siblings, you might identify with this, where you might ask uh, your parents uh, for something, and they tell you no, and then they turn around and tell your sibling that they can. See, Joseph's brother had a lot of uh, frustration and injustice um, towards them. And to put the cherry on top, Joseph had a dream where he was over, he was ruling over his brothers and his parents. And he just kept telling his brothers about this over and over again. And that just really pushed them over the edge. So they started plotting to murder Joseph and they settled on throwing him into a pit. But it, his brother Reuben thought maybe that was just a little bit harsh. So they found a uh, caravan of Ishmaelite traders and they sold Joseph into slavery. They took his cloak, they dipped it in blood, and they gave it to their father and told him that Joseph was killed. And it just really crushed Jacob. So eventually Joseph was brought into Egypt and sold to Potiphar. He was the captain of the guard. Um, but we see in Genesis 39-2, the Lord is with Joseph. And was so, like, so well liked by Potiphar, he was put in charge of his house. So we know Joseph was uh, blessed, um, and he was a pretty good-looking guy. So one day when he was doing his duties, he caught the eye of Potiphar's wife. And uh, she came to Joseph and said, lie with me. But Joseph knew this was wrong, that Potiphar put him in charge of his house and was given favor by God. How could he do such a thing? He even said in uh, verses 39-9, um, how, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Even though Joseph's circumstances wasn't what he wanted, he still followed God's commands, where a lot of us, when we're in circumstances like this, we tend to doubt and turn away from him. But Potiphar's wife kept advancing towards Joseph, and one day she grabbed him by his shirt and said, Lie with me. Joseph pushes up against Potiphar's wife and runs out of the house. And I assume out of anger or jealousy, rejection, she yells out and tells everybody that Joseph was advancing her. 
Well, see, when Potiphar got home, his anger boiled, and he took Joseph, and he threw him in prison. But again, we see in verses 39-21, the Lord was with Joseph. And the prison guard liked Joseph so much, he put him in charge of all the other prisoners, and the prison guard paid no attention to anything under Joseph. So one day, Joseph found himself uh, in the presence of the Pharaoh's cupbearer and the head baker, and both of them looked quite down that morning. See, both of them had a dream, and they had no idea what it meant. So if you remember, Joseph had the ability to interpret dreams. So uh, Joseph had the cupbearer to tell him what his dream was, and it was kind of this wacky dream about branches and vines, like grapes blossoming, um, the cupbearer putting a, a cup in the Pharaoh's hand, and Joseph knew that this meant that in three days' time, he would be returned to his post. But now Joseph asked the cupbearer to remember him when he was returned to his post because he was falsely imprisoned. (coughs) When the head baker heard Joseph tell the cupbearer of his good dream, um, he was like, what about mine? So the head baker told uh, Joseph that he had a dream about uh, baskets on his head and birds eating out of them and like the Pharaoh and all this kind of other weird stuff. And Joseph knew that this meant that in three days he'd be taken by a Pharaoh prosecuted and killed. And in three days' time, both of those came true. The cupbearer was returned to his post, and the baker was killed. So have you ever had, uh, have you ever walked in a room and just like really forgot what you were doing? So this happens to me like quite often. So that's kind of what happened to the cupbearer, because when he was returned to his post, he forgot about Joseph for two years. Until one day, when the pharaoh had a strange dream that no one can interpret it, and he just like oh yeah, I forgot about Joseph. And so he told Pharaoh about how he was able to interpret his dream and that how he came back to uh, being his cupbearer and how the head baker had uh, been prosecuted and killed. So the Pharaoh fetches uh, Joseph and tells him about his dream. And, and Joseph tells the Pharaoh that it means that for seven years there will be a surplus of food and supplies for everybody, but after those seven years, there will be another seven years of famine. So Pharaoh was astonished at Joseph's skills, but Joseph didn't take any credit for his gift. Joseph could easily have taken credit for this, like most of us kind of tend to, but he told Pharaoh that it was God giving him these answers. And again, we see Joseph's faithfulness through his trials. So Joseph told Pharaoh that he should, take, um, he should find a wise and godly man to take a fifth of everything during the uh, seven years of surplus. And Pharaoh decided that that man should be Joseph. So uh, when uh, that the seven years of famine hit, um, just like everybody else, Joseph's family needed to buy food. So they came to Joseph, but they didn't recognize him. So Joseph decided to test them. He told them that one of them had to stay in prison until they brought back their youngest brother, Benjamin. But Joseph also snuck silver into their packs when they went back home. See, when they returned with their brother, they also returned with double the silver and gifts to appease Joseph. See, Joseph showed obvious favoritism to their youngest brother and sent them away with food. But he snuck more silver into their youngest brother's pact, accusing him and calling him to slavery. But when Joseph saw his brothers protecting him, he knew they changed. 
Joseph then revealed himself and sent them to collect their father Jacob and all their things and come and live in Egypt with him. And they lived happily ever, ever after. Okay, so I know that's a lot to take in. And you might be thinking, okay, great story, but what's the point? See, Joseph showed us that as believers, God is with us. But doesn't mean that everything will go smoothly for us. Case in point, Joseph was trying to respect what God had said about marriage, and he still got punished for it. As believers, it is true that we are loved by God, but that love doesn't mean everything goes the way we think it should. Sometimes it actually goes better than we can imagine. As we, as we see with Joseph, he was falsely in prison, but he was put in the right position to meet the cupbearer. And even though Joseph tried to have the cupbearer remember him, he still forgot, but that put him in the right place for when Pharaoh needed him. See, Joseph went from beloved son to slave to prisoner, and then the Pharaoh's trusted advisor. I guarantee he never imagined that. But at the end of the journey, when his brothers are afraid that he will one day exact his revenge, Joseph is able to say in Genesis 50:20, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. So you might be thinking, that's great, but life doesn't really work that way. And you're 100% correct. Sometimes people have hard lives and it never really lets up. Some die during their trials. Life isn't fair and God knows this. See, I, I asked earlier if you wondered why someone who has terminally ill, you know, cancer or sickness, they can still have so much joy in God. So I asked a year full of COVID and hardships, a, a full year of having school and sports canceled, your social life completely taken away. Uh, you know, some of you might have had lost family members. So why can you sit here and have joy in God? See, during trials and hardships, we can have joy and steadfastness because we believe in something greater. So we have hope and know that our God will someday make all things right and new. We believe in Jesus Christ who came and was tempted and lived a perfect life. He died for us so that we can go and live with him in eternity. Even Jesus wasn't free of hardships. He was taken, he was beaten, he was humiliated, he was crucified and killed. So I guarantee Joseph hated being sold into slavery and imprisoned. It was never part of his plan, but we may not like how God uses our lives, but we know that God will use it for good. And that's what God wants us to know about the Joseph story. That what the world means for evil, he will use it for good. Whether it's in, a, in this life or the next. That's why during our trials and our hardships, we need to dig our heels in and continue to do God's work. 